Welcome to Black and the Black Times Defender. This is a special S-Class interview. I'm your host, Pro- uh, Prodigy, Cthulhu's Prodigy, rather. We have Salima Koroma and J.K. Cho from Bad Rap, the film that is coming out on iTunes uh, May the 23rd. Alongside me, we have Bunny Man, Old Ninja Blue, and Kronos. How are y'all doing, fam? <laughs> oh them yeah, yeah them oh, yeah. Oh, us oh we're doing great oh it's us yeah we're doing great. <laughs> yeah it was kind of an awkward entry I, I fucked it up I'm sorry we're doing great though like yeah I'm, I'm chomping on a beef patty right now nice oh, awesome. yeah, and I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just here with my head wrap on I don't even have any pants on so oh, I'm really that. glad to be talking to you guys That's... this is a great podcast yeah, yeah, right. hey, ladies got no pants on yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was there seven, six dudes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's this show going, guys? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> We're not on X Hamster, are we? Oh, goddammit. Sure. <laughs> Let's get back on the show. Yeah, get back on the show. We're here to talk about bad rap, goddammit. <laughs> this wonderful documentary that we've all seen and enjoyed thoroughly. This is about Asian-American hip-hop artists. Yes, yes, and this like totally blew my mind when I was watching it. I never actually knew that there was an Asian hip-hop culture out there until I watched this documentary. Whoa. It was great. Wow. Well, we, we kind of knew because we did yeah. some reacts to like uh, Dumbfounded stuff and then some other artists that were Jay Korean. Well. They, weren't, they weren't Asian-American, but they were Oh, know, yeah. Asian well, we did artists. both, too. Yeah. In, in, in your words, can you describe this film and what it's really all about? Jakey, you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, so um, so Bad Rap is about uh, Asian-American hip-hop artists, more specifically four characters of Dumbfounded, Aquafina, Lyrics, and Rex Dizzy. There are four friends, uh, all active artists, but all in different stages of their careers. So we basically highlight these four characters about their stories, but also kind of use them to anchor a story about Asian-Americans and hip-hop. And, um, the, you know, some of the questions that we ask is about, uh, you know, Asian-American portrayal in media, male and female, why there hasn't been a successful Asian-American rap artist and what is the current state of just Asian-American identity in America and in media as a whole. Yeah, um, and- is there anything else you want to add, Salima? No, I mean, and, and that, I mean, when when we started the movie, I... Um, you know, I was doing it at, I had started it for my thesis at Columbia. So oh, wow. I didn't even know that there were any real, like, Asian rappers. If I asked, for me and my friends, if we asked ourselves which Asian rappers that we knew, everybody would say Jin. Like, mm, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> off top. Everybody would say Jin. And then after that, there was a, a significant drop off, right? So... You know, when I got, I actually got on the phone with Jay Key for the first time because uh, he'd written an article in Double XL with G Dragon. I, I don't know if you guys know who G Dragon yeah. is, um, but he's a, a Korean pop artist, one of the biggest. And um, I reached out to Jay Key, and we just had a really great conversation where Jay Key was schooling me on Asian rappers that I'd never even had heard of or knew existed. So, like, uh, you know, it was a very big learning experience for me. And, you know, through this, through, you know, in the film, it's not just the four characters. It's also the context. So we do talk about Jen. We do talk about, you know, some some old battle rapping stuff. We do talk about, you know, the, the stuff in the media, the breakfast at Tiffany's and, and that stuff. So we're, we sort of tie everything together. Yeah, it was a really great documentary. It was uh, it was interesting to see 
like the hopes that were on you know I'm not gonna say who but a certain person in the in the movie how like everybody was trying to look up to him so he can lead the way and uh to me I mean he still hasn't hit mainstream status which is a shame because I really enjoy his music the first time I heard any of his stuff was uh the Harambe song and I thought that song was hilarious and uh I went back and started buying like his uh, his catalog and uh he's legit and I I don't know why uh why he can't get on the radio or anything you know it's, it's it's really weird to me how there seems to be like that that gap you know if, if you're not you know african-american or even nowadays sometimes white uh, and you're a rapper it's way easier but if you're any other ethnicity they're like it's kind of like you're a joke and they they try to say that you're appropriating culture but it's it's american culture i don't see nobody in fucking africa rapping you know what i mean so i, I don't understand why people always get that cultural appropriation thing just for something that's just it's american made right i mean Jake, I don't know if you want to speak on that, but um, you know, I understand it though, right? I under because we 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 go sometimes we screen the film, and every once in a while we'll get somebody who raises their hand and brings up this question of appropriation, right? And some people who will bring it up more uh, more strongly than others because at the end of the day, you know, hip hop is rooted in black culture. It is it started from black and Latino uh, culture, right? And so. That acknowledgement, I think, definitely has to be there. But this is, you know, one of the themes of the film is this feeling of being American. And it still is American. And it is this feeling of wanting to belong, right? So, like, yes, I do, I agree, but I can understand what somebody would say, hey, wait, but this is ours, don't try to take our thing. Funny man, get on in here. Oh, uh, I mean, I have other questions probably further down the line or whatever. But oh, well, I guess one question is why? Why hasn't there been an Asian American artist that has broken through yet? That's a good one, J.K. You wanna? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's a culmination of a lot of reasons. Uh, one, um, I feel like. Uh, you know, some of the artists themselves in the film could attest or even imply that, you know, maybe there just hasn't been a very, has yet to be an a, a extremely talented Asian American artist. Mm. Uh, another possible reason could be uh, Asian Americans consist of a very small population in America. Um, you know, it's less than 5%. And um, I feel like that market isn't as vast and because um, essentially like people not all the time but people tend to resonate more with other artists especially when it comes down to a form of music like rap which is really in your face to somebody that kind of looks like you you know mm. or somebody that speaks about your experience um so i feel like that might be another reason and um yeah and then last but not least i also feel like it has something to do with the asian american community as a whole um, I feel like we are an immigrant group that really just kind of started to settle in America in like the late 60s with uh, different type of uh, immigration acts that kind of changed. So our history in America is still very, uh, it's relatively short compared to other minority groups. So I feel like just as a group of people, we have still yet to discover ourselves in this weird place called America. So I feel like entertainment, which is kind of like a luxury um, they are still trying to like figure out how to fully adapt and fully embrace that side, um, which kind of leads. Is, is are, are, do I still have everybody's attention? You sure yeah. do, man. Yeah. We listening, fam. We nodding yeah. our heads. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, like, and I feel like 
the recent phenomenon of Psy to some of the other younger artists uh, like Rich Chica or um, before him Keith Ape. Um, some, you know, a lot. Every time we do a Q and A after a screening, they always ask us like, "Yo, what about those guys?" You know. Um, well, those guys are like in a different instance because those are Korean rappers or Korean musicians from. Not, I mean, not necessarily Rich Sugar. He's from Malaysia or Singapore. I, I always get mixed up. But those are Asian artists from Asia that are kind of doing this weird hybrid of American and Asian style music. And I feel like the reason why the U.S. audience, or at least a younger U.S. audience that are very web savvy, has gravitated towards that is not necessarily because uh, they feel like a sense of pride or a sense of connection. I mean, I'm sure、uh, some of the Asian, the more Asian fans uh, uh, relate with that, but I think it has a lot to do with exoticism. The fact that these are like. Very different-looking, different-sounding artist coming in to America,、uh, or like doing something online, and they find they find it exotic.、Uh, and and also like the proliferation of the web, I feel like allowed younger people in general to embrace different type of identity more freely. Because when Salima and I are both like late '80s babies, like we were kind of you know we were born in the late '80s.、Um, So we kind of we're like the last generation that understand like the VHS culture <laughs> and、like、the LimeWire Kazaa culture,、uh, like、yeah. the media culture. So we kind, of, but the, there's this whole new、uh, breed of kids like growing up that were born in like the mid to late '90s. Like these kids only know social media. They、mm. they they don't know an era when there wasn't social media. So they have like grown up seeing Asian people doing cool shit. Whereas, like, when we were younger, like, it was only such small portals that allowed us to have different types of identities. So I feel like because they're more,、uh, they, and as a result of that, they're more accepting. They are more embracing of like different types of culture because the advent of、uh, social media and the internet. But you know, just、uh, yours, your answer is more broad. I think practically, if we're t- if we're talking just very practically. A lot of gatekeepers in the industry are just not aware. They're not Asian American. They don't see. You know, most people gravitate towards what looks like them. So if a lot of gatekeepers are white or black or Latino, they're just going to be more attracted to those kinds.、Uh, you know, to to the, the people、uh, who reflect them. So you know, you know, I think having people,、uh, having Asian Americans behind the scenes. Who can vouch for you know certain rappers? But they got to be good rappers. They can't just be trash rappers, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, that, that's another point that you know we always also. Sorry to cut you. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I, so go it's ahead. just the, just that vouching for some of these artists is absolutely necessary. If you watch the film, you see the industry insiders. They they couldn't name one Asian American artist. I love And, that scene. Yeah. Right. So so if that is what it is. Then it's not malicious. It's more that they're just not aware. And I think that once they become aware, and then there's this group of great Asian rappers—not whack Asian rappers, but great Asian rappers—then I think that, and I think we're getting there. I think that it's almost there because, like Jake, he said, the visibility. Yeah, yeah, and also,、um, yeah. I mean, Salima's point is also something that we address in a lot of the、uh, panels and Q and A sessions that we have. Like, I totally agree. I mean, as a 
person who has worked in the hip hop industry, like if I didn't work at a media platform like Double XL or Complex, like we wouldn't. I you know I don't think uh, a certain uh, portion of the population would have known about G Dragon or Dumbfounded or any of Asian or Asian American artists in general because like I'm always a writer that was aware of those type of things. I felt that it was necessary. To put those type of artists on, or at least introduce those type of artists to a different type of audience,、um, and she's she's well, what, you know, Salima's hundred percent correct because, you know, if like I'm a black guy from Brooklyn, and you know, like there's a kid that is bubbling from Brooklyn who also happens to have a similar experience or identity as I do,、um, I would most likely gravitate it toward. I would most likely gravitate towards that artist over like a, a Korean American kid from K Town, LA. You, you see、go. what I mean? So yeah, yeah it's, it's totally like you need more people behind the scenes to kind of control and navigate the culture、uh, in order for your story to be told. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, Blue, get in here. Go ahead. So, cool question. You mentioned like social media, and do you feel that social media such as YouTube, iTunes, you know, anybody can like, kind of upload a video to like、uh, Vimo or whatever? Do you feel like that's making a a change in the hip hop culture regarding like a Korean rapper getting their their art out there so everybody can check it out? Totally, one thousand percent. I mean, even you know K-pop, which Salima is pretty much an expert in.、Um, <laughs> you know,、sure. like, and I don't mean、We're、that in、friends. a derogatory term at all. No, like, like she she told she is she actually you know she runs a K-pop blog and、um, like. And, and most of like this whole new、uh, group of fans that are non-Koreans or Asians, or even if they are Asians, like K-pop fans, really came from YouTube. You know, like labels have figured out, like okay, like if we post this video, like a kid in Malaysia to a girl from California could watch it simultaneously as the Korean market, and I feel like. Rap or Asian Americans that do hip hop or Asians that do hip hop, they basically just utilize the same method.、Um, and you know, like yeah, proliferation of social media and online has tremendously helped independent artists of all genres, race, and creed. But especially for Asian Americans or Koreans more specifically,、um, it has helped a lot because the Japanese market, like they still are not really. Friendly with social media, like it's a weird place where really, people、yeah. still buy CDs,、yeah. you know.、Mm. And like Chinese market, they obviously don't they firewall everything, everything. <laughs>、yeah. so like they're not really trying to like go outside. They really want to keep all their money inside. Yeah, Korea becoming such a small country with very limited natural resources, the the you know, in order for them to compete, they just always have to go outside. You know what I mean? Like so. I feel like that's why they were able to embrace social media a lot and YouTube a lot, and that kind of just trickled down to all artistry of all forms. Yeah, it's been、uh, it's been great for us because we do reaction videos. Yeah, we get to do we get to we get suggestions from our audience about all these other you know either whether it be Asian you know pop culture or Brazil or whatever. It's it's been pretty cool because we get to meet all these or at least listen to all these artists that otherwise we wouldn't really know about. And they're awesome like, too. They're like yeah, blowing our minds how well how good they are. And, but and now we're getting like the reverse. Like、uh, Salima, have you heard of、uh, Coco Avenue? Of course, yeah. 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 So we, we had them on. Black girls. Oh, you guys did you guys talk to them? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, interviewed, them. Them. we interviewed them. I remember we, when they first came out. Like this was a couple years ago. 
they did a bunch of like Jay Park covers. Yeah. And um, a lot of people were like, okay, this is kind of cool. Let's see what happens. And now that they've sort of blown up, you know, and this is what happens a lot of times when um, I guess American, you can call American acts try to go into K-pop. It's it's something that the fan, the international fans have always craved, but once it happens, they're just like. Hmm, I don't know if I actually do love this because yeah. K-pop means K-pop. It means it doesn't mean black girls. It doesn't mean white people. The K-pop, it, the K in the K-pop is the most important thing, yeah. right? So Coco Avenue right now, they're dope, and I, I know they're getting a lot of uh, pushback from some people who are the the K, sort of K-pop purists, which is sort of interesting because we also have the hip-hop purists out out here. Mm. Holy shit! I what? just looked these girls up. They're a bunch of. <laughs> Like a black girl's doing K-pop? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, what's funny about it is that people will complain about them doing K-pop stuff, but it's like, but you understand that K-pop is basically rip, kind of ripping off of like 90s culture from like hip-hop. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, actually, you can't complain. You no, know, this is incredible. Like I had no idea uh, this group existed. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. And they're based out in LA. And what's interesting is that they don't speak Korean 100%. Like they weren't, they, had, they had a roommate that, uh, that taught them how to speak Korean. That's how they like, got into the whole K-pop movement. Yeah, so yeah. they'll do their songs in Korean. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got right. a quick no, question. That was incredible, yeah. Yeah, you can uh, actually watch our uh, interview with them yeah. from a few months ago. We'll send it to you. Fam, okay. <laughs> there was something sure. There was something in Bad Rap that blew my goddamn mind. And that was, was it Wreck that had the mustard and ketchup uh, oh, USA yeah. video yeah. with the twerking, goddammit? That was fabulous. I loved everything about that, and I loved the fact that you included the dialogue between his he manager. and his manager about <laughs> that, that. can you speak about what that meant for you guys as fi- uh, you know filmmakers and producers and why you included that in this wonderful documentary well, Lima, that's all you that's all you tell you guys what happened and the manager by the way is J. Key. that's J. Key. oh that's you oh. god damn it I'm sorry that's, that's the only <laughs> I was gonna say cause I was like man that dude sounds black as hell <laughs> <laughs> let's do it <laughs> so it's actually it's funny because you so in the film, there's a scene where Rex Dizzy and Jakey, Rex Dizzy was Jakey's uh, artist at the time, um, uh, they're talking about a music video that they want to shoot. And Rex Dizzy's artistic mind, he wants to have girls shaking their asses and then him squirting ketchup and mustard and all sorts of condiments on their asses, right? God bless America. Um, <laughs> right. God bless America. So. Uh, as they're coming, I don't know what they invited me to. It was like, a, I don't know if it was like a photo shoot or something. I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go over. I go over and he and Jake He are arguing, right? And this is the scene that you see in the film. And as they're arguing, I'm like, should I take my camera out or <laughs> what should I do? And I'm just standing there not wanting to be rude. And as they're arguing, Rex Fizzy stops in the middle of arguing and he goes, are you going to catch this or not? <laughs> and then I go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I grab the camera and then they keep, they start arguing. And so, you know, they decided that they were. This was the this was the project that they were going to do. When we got to that day, there were supposed to be a lot of girls there. There was supposed they had a, a you know a bunch of different girls that were supposed to come. The only girls who showed up were the two black girls. Mm. And so, I'm watching everything unfold. And as a filmmaker, you're just supposed to be in the background. You're not supposed to really say anything. You just a fly on the wall. But the whole time, I'm thinking the optics of this is not good. And so at the end of the day, every, you know, they're putting the stuff away. I go down into, you know, sort of the basement to pack up the stuff and JP are sitting on the couch and they just look so somber. I don't know if they just had an argument or what happened. And so as I'm packing up, JP goes, 
so what do you think about what, you, what just happened today? And I go, well, since you're asking me, I think that it's going to look bad. And this is why. And I explained that, you know, you can't really just have two black, you know, Asian guys squirting condiments on black girls. And from there, I turned the camera on and I left it alone. And I mm-hmm. sort of walked away as they started having this conversation. It literally lasted like seven minutes. Damn. And then it comes in and then everybody starts talking. And I just let the camera roll. <laughs> and so that's how that happened. And I'm, gl- I'm actually really glad that we put it in too. Because, I-, I mean, it just said so much. And when people watch that scene... Uh, th- there's half half of the people say, "Oh no, Rex says he was totally wrong for that," and then half of the people will say, "Oh, I totally get his artistic desire, and like we totally applaud that. That's you know artistic fearlessness, right?" So it's like I-, I thought that that was cool because it brings up discussion. There are people that are super uncomfortable with it and are super like tripped up by it, like it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 I thought it was great too. But yeah, I, but I, I, I understand both sides. I do. Yeah, I totally understand both because Jakey. Brings up some very valid points, especially when he talks about the white girl being in the video <laughs> and, and how nothing happens to her, but she's all up on Rex Dizzy. But then the two black girls are getting squirted on. So he brings up some very mustard valid and points. ketchup squirted on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but still, uh, still very valid points because I, I think um, Rex was talking about his artistic view, but yeah. JK was like, "This sends out a very clear visual message that you need to be aware of." And I think that's the point that they were kind of like locking about is about artistic vision versus the point. I mean, one of the points was when you, you know, when you are an Asian rapper, those are the considerations that you have to make. Right. Young Thug could do that video and everybody, you know, maybe there'd be something pieces about it. But let an Asian person do that. And it's a totally different discussion. Mm -hmm. So with somebody like Rex Sizzy, who has this weird mind of what he wants to do, he feels like that is that is limiting for him. So I think that was also one of the things that that scene was trying to show. Right, right. And, and, you know, just just to kind of add on to what Salima was saying, like, yeah, like in Rex had like he was pushing the boundaries. And me, when I during that time, when I had my manager cap on, I was trying to protect my artists or protect whatever work that we were putting in without getting, a, you know, this is kind of ironic, without getting a bad rap. Yeah, so that was pretty much where my head was. And um, um, yeah, like, because in the editing room, I'm not going to lie, because I was still managing Rec at the time and I was kind of working as a producer also for Bad Rap. I was like having these internal debates because it, like, do we include this in the film or do we not? <laughs> because I could have like really just went conflict of interest and just tell oh, no, 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 like no 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 I'm, I'm not saying okay. that you would have allowed it allowed it but i would have i could have like argued with you about it or at least try to like attempt to right, right. but you know I, I don't recall me saying anything about that or maybe i did i'm not sure but because i felt like you know because i you know me coming from a journalistic background i was like okay this is actually gonna be a very juicy and an integral part of the film that we can't take out you can't have bad rap without that scene man yeah yeah as an asian but if my artist looks like an idiot where i might look like an asshole like okay you know fine like i mean he does look like an idiot (laughs) you actually ended up uh coming out the uh the 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 cool guy in the scene and everybody's like oh yeah Yeah. that's done. 
Yeah, and then I then then I'm kind of like a low key sexist when I'm like talking shit about Aquafina with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, multiple multiple. I mean, that was that's one thing about this film that I, I feel like Salima uh, can agree with is just that we have a lot of our flaws and insecurities True. in the film. You know what I mean? It's, this is not like a promo film of dumbfounded. Like you see some of Dumb's ugliest sides in yeah. this film. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, like definitely. jealousy and like insecurity mm. and all of that. And I feel like that pretty much is one of the reasons why a lot of people has luckily has said great things about the project. Funny man, get in here. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say as a as an Asian, that scene had me really conflicted because uh, it seemed kind of fake. You know, like I just didn't picture him doing that on the weekend. Like it. it to me, like being a fan of hip hop, it's like if you do that, like in your off time when the video's not rolling, then why not? But it, obviously, uh, it was for the image or whatever. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Somebody's gotta break the barrier and break some taboos and just go for it. And yeah, but, you know. Maybe. But it just made me think, though, like which is like what is the identity? And you kind of touched on it earlier. Is like what is the identity of Asian American rappers? It seems like there's no like image that that i think the general populace can really like get behind yet you know like dumb is like respected as a battle rapper but like even the scene with drake there talking about him it's like clear that drake's not also trying to give him a record deal like he's just right you know he's like oh you're a great battle rapper i i watch your youtube videos see you later you know, like, so hit the quarter you know and so i could see dumb kind of fighting with that too is like man i could be really great at this but I'm not getting this other type of recognition. And I've kind of seen his, you know, as a fan of him, I've, I've seen his, him experiment with different styles, you know, from being that indie funny yeah, rapper yes. to more trap-ish or whatever. So so what do you guys think in terms of where we are, in terms of who, who has, like, the best opportunity to juice. break? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nikki, you want to answer that? I, I mean, I, um, I, I, I still stand behind all the artists in our film <laughs> great opportunities to break the barrier of becoming a mainstream success but I do understand uh, what you are saying um, in terms of like an Asian American rap identity that mainstream America could stand behind I think it's a very complicated question um, I actually was asked this I actually raised this question uh, at another at a panel that I hosted yesterday, and uh, I feel like it's really, um, I feel like whenever people, I feel like it's still going to take a long time. But when people start embracing the fact that Asian American is essentially just American and take out the Asian prefix, uh, that's when people are going to. That's when a, 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 a an American rapper with an East Asian face mm. is going to really get embraced. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, if, 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 that, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, real, but, I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt real quick. Are you guys okay on time? Oh, yeah. No, we're fine. Okay. Right, cool. yeah, yeah, keep going. Still Please still continue. Good 20 minutes. Yeah. Cool. Right, so, uh, but, so regar- but regarding <laughs> your uh, the second question um, about like who do you think has that type of mainstream potential um, in terms of like just purely mu- musically speaking I honestly don't know because um, 
like you know the music market shifts constantly and in this current age there are like these soundcloud rappers that are cool for like six seven months and just kind of gets on these huge charts and just kind of disappear the next year you know so it's shifting so quickly that it's really hard to predict and you can't really just constantly adapt to a new sound you know what i mean like you obviously can't be uh, old and tired and just stick with the same formula but it's also hard to just consistently adapt so i don't know about the musical part but in terms of being a multifaceted entertainer um aquafina who is in the film when she started when we first started making the uh, bad rap project she still wasn't sh- she just kind of had like one viral hit one or two viral hits and she was like really adored in this weird hipster blog uh, brooklyn community but now, out of the four characters, she definitely has the most notoriety or mm. the most uh, fame, you know, because she's actually an Hollywood actress. Mm. Um, so she yeah, was she able to them. utilize music as, uh, of course, is her passion, but also as a platform for her to gain other opportunities that is beyond music, where that obviously has much more monetary benefits than music. So... You know, I feel like Aquafina is definitely a contender to be a mainstream success. Um, I think skill-wise, Dumb is very proficient and he's very well-rounded as an entertainer. Um, I could see him being like an Asian rap Jamie Foxx. You know, what oh, I, mean? like, I like that. You know, Multi-talented. That's that's kind of like yeah, that's kind of how I see Dumb and Rick, uh, another character in the film. Like he actually did have like a viral success. Uh, you know, doing this real traditional style boom bap rap music with his partner JL as a as a group called Year of the Ox, and I think those guys are probably going to stay in this real niche hip hop boom bap lane, which is also very profitable. Okay, uh, you know, so I feel like that's his lane, and um, yeah, like it's it's really hard to say, but that's kind of how I see it. Cool. Uh, right. I I got a quick question, so. You know, there's there's two black guys here and uh, and Bunny Man. My question: So watching watching the documentary, it wasn't until the rap battle between uh, yeah. Dumbfounded and the I can't remember the guy's name, but the meme guy, yeah, the meme guy. And it was interesting because during the whole entire thing, I didn't really pay attention. I mean, I tried to pay attention as much as I could, but it wasn't until he started using the N word, I was like, you know what? I don't think they used the N word at all in the beginning of the in the beginning of the documentary up until that point. Um, is, what, is that true? Is the N word used in the like? Is, are any of the Korean rappers using the N word? And if it's not, oh, like, was that on nothing. purpose? Did you did you keep that out intentionally? Oh, um, go ahead, go ahead. Great question. Uh, no, I never. That was never something that's in the music. Not not that I've heard. Or so so the soundtrack to the entire film was, um, uh, for the most part, was Asian rappers. Uh, that wasn't s- something that I heard. Yeah, pro- probably the first time you hear the N-word was from Conceited. Yes, Conceited, that's what it was. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, the usage of the N-word is really interesting. Um, and obviously, being that the N-word is still probably the most loaded word in the English vocabulary, that um, being, you know, Asian Americans, we are very... I'm not saying all of us are, <laughs> because <laughs> it is like... Some, it is a word that is, you know, you could commonly hear it in a predominantly Asian immigrant neighborhoods hmm, uh, freely true. amongst Asian Americans oh, so of a certain we, age group. That you know? was 
So that was not something that was ever in the music, but I heard it while I was shooting for ah, sure. Okay. If that's yeah. the question that we're asking, yeah, absolutely. I heard it um, in, in some places. Uh, some places I did not, but in let's say in Virginia, I definitely did hear it a lot. Yeah. Uh, but that was the only place that I really heard it. And then also, you know, what happens when I'm not around? You know what I mean? So right. uh, I definitely think that that some people feel more comfortable than others to use it. And some just don't at all. Because actually, it's something that I talked to Rex Dizzy and Decipher, who are also in the film, uh, who's also in the film. We talked about this. And they, their whole thing is we will never use it. That's not something that we even want to touch or go near. We don't even care. And, and rappers rappers that we do hear use it or Asians that we do hear say it, we got to check them. Hmm. So I think that there is, there is that, you know, a, a sort of group that thinks that it's okay. Well, it's a, it's an right. interesting yeah. problem because, you know, as African-American, like I keep hearing that, oh, we can use it because we're taking the power back. Well, I'm like, no, you haven't taken the power back from shit because if somebody other than a black guy calls you mm -hmm. the N-word, Where's the power at now? You want to put the power in the face. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't help when other ethnicities see that. And they're like, oh, well, it's okay for them to say it, but why can't I? But it's like, I don't think it's subtle really for anybody to say it. That's my own personal view, but I, I understand that people still use it. But going back to the battle rap, I thought that that was really interesting because Conceited, basically his whole thing on that battle rap was talking about how Asian Dumb was. And when Dumb yeah. came back with his, I don't think he even mentioned that Conceited was black at all. He just nope, talked no. about how he was short, which, he, you know, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought it was fucked up double standard that you know, Conceited can sit there and trash him about being Asian, yeah. but, you know, Dumb can't do the same thing to him because he's black. I was like, that's pretty fucked up. Well, it's also I, great, too, right. because, like, Dumb had mentioned how, like, back when he was battle rapping, like, back in the day, like, five years ago, that people were still making fun of him being Asian, which was funny, because still five years later, he's still getting the same, like, style of rapping, battling <laughs> done to him. Yeah, I felt that Dumb knew that, that people were going to be doing that, and that's what they're going to focus on, but he tries to flip it on them and he talks about their character, not about their race or ethnicity. Anything that you bring to the rap battle, things that you say, he kind of throws it back at him. And that, I felt like right. everybody knew that about him. And they yeah, were like... Yeah, I mean, so, like, that's kind of like a... Like, being an Asian or even a white rapper uh, in the battle rap community, like, I feel like I'm not the biggest battle rap head, but it is something that you have to deal with because... Um, essentially like hip hop is still a predominantly a black culture so you know like this is, is you know Jin all throughout his battle rap career it is something that he had to deal with and the fact that you are able to overcome that without going there with the race jokes it, uh, it proves you further that you know you are talented at what you're doing Yeah. Um, so well, one thing that Dumbfounded always says is like if I were if, if I were going against me, I'd use the same Asian uh, Asian jokes <laughs> oh, because okay. battle rappers look for anything. Okay. Like battle rappers look for anything, and there's almost no. I mean, there is a low. You can go really really low, and there is a, a, a limit. But like you're battling, and this is what Dumb will say. So not only does he expect it, but you know he he suspects that if he was a black rapper or a white rapper, he would he would use the same jokes. And in fact, he has gone up against. Um, Asian like Hispanic dude, right? No, well, no, yeah. another Asian battle rapper named yeah, Tan yeah. back yeah. in the day, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know he's he he used a lot of Asian jokes against him too. So you know I think it's almost the the obvious thing. I think Dumb is more concerned that they're the same, yeah, the same jokes. 
he wants he's he wants him to be more clever and more thought out. If you're gonna use an Asian joke, make it good. There you go. I, I got yeah, something. Sure. Uh, one of the other themes that I thought was in, in, incredibly impressive in this film, with Mother's Day coming up, the role of parents mm. in some of these rappers' lives was huge. Especially lyrics. Ex- yeah. yeah, especially lyrics. And even, was it Wreck that also had mom in there? Or Dumbfound and mom was in there. Oh, Dumbfound yeah. mom was yeah. definitely in there. Can you talk about um, the decision to include mothers and parents specifically in this film and how that dynamic uh, worked out for uh, for you as a filmmaker. That's a great question because the first the first quote-unquote character that I met was Rex Dizzy. And so I did a, a, a few sort of sit-down interviews with him just getting to know him. And when I sort of got him to trust me a little bit more, I asked him if I could sit down with his mother and or with one of his parents. And he said, absolutely. He said, absolutely not. And I said, why? And he said, because my mom doesn't know I'm a rapper. It's going to be really hard to get these people's parents on camera talking about this. Uh, and so, um, you know, I was able to talk to Dumbfounded's mother and Dumbfounded's mom is actually just really cool with whatever Dumb is doing. When he talked, he, he even talks about it in the film. He, you know, was able to do anything that he wanted. His parents weren't around that much. They were lefty kids. Um, so he was sort of able to do whatever he wanted. Lyrics, people tend to really relate to Lyrics' portion with his mother because it's really a mother wanting a child to succeed, but this child wanting to pursue his passions. Mm. And a lot of us can really a lot of people relate, especially immigrant, uh, Im- you know, uh, uh, children of immigrant parents. I am, I'm one of them, um, whose parents came to this country for us to have a bigger sort of, uh, you know, life, a better life, and to choose rapping, especially coming from an Asian household where you know the, the genre of, of hip hop and rap is just so not, you know, why, you know, it, it's just everything against what they came here for. So, you know, I think a lot of people resonated with that because they go through those same things with their parents. Mm. Yeah, it was really interesting to see Lyric's own, uh, like, internal struggle over his, basically his Christian values versus his rap persona. Like, him trying to, you know, walk that fine line, but he didn't know whether or not he wanted to be, like, a true Christian rapper or just, you know, go back to the old style of rap. And I thought that was really cool to, to really highlight that, uh, that portion of his life. And the fact that he went and still was, like, working for his parents, like, yeah. helping him out, I was like, damn. That's a, that's a struggle. Yeah. I think we got time for maybe one more if you guys are okay with that, right? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of Hoop Dreams. Um, just, oh, just, shit. Hoop it, Dreams. Yeah, it's a classic one. Um, just because you're getting intimate in the lives of these people who have these dreams and, you know, whether you're Asian or whatever nationality, it's a really hard dream to accomplish. It's it's uh, a long journey and... Um, so I was just curious, like, like okay, like I've been a fan of Dumb for a while, and then seeing him progress, and then seeing him not blow up, uh, made me kind of curious. Like, if you try your hardest, and maybe it's just not your time. I'm not saying that's him, but I'm just saying, like, you know, my philosophy on Asian Americans in entertainment is like we just haven't had a lot of generations of them. You know, like we haven't had six generations of you know asian american theater kids trying to become movie stars and stuff and and i feel like it does take a little time to break through um so where do you think like this cast is in terms of like later on like 10 20 years from now what do you what do you think 
their place is going to be in history for, you know, Asian American rappers or whatever. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, it's hard to say, but I feel like Dumb and Aquafina, they've already broken barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already claimed a seat in Asian American uh, history, just as in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, I mean, hopefully they continuously thrive in fields of acting or entertainment moving forward and just continuously inspire younger kids uh, to kind of pursue the craft because, um, you know, like when I was like, I don't know, like 12, 11, the only person that was on television that even got closest to like getting any sort of fame doing uh, rap or hip hop or any sort of like subculture was Jen. Mm. And he unfortunately couldn't take it to the promised land. You know what I mean? Right. He couldn't take us to the promised land. So, you know, like I hope Dumb, Aquafina, or any other character in the film or any other character or any other artist that's not in the film could take us there maybe in this current generation when, you know, all of us are still active. But if that doesn't happen, um, you know, hopefully in the next generation. And by, by success, like, it's real, like, subjective, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but... But I feel like that mainstream recognition, whether it's 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 it, if you know, essentially if you think about it, it's real like I don't know is, is it even important? But like getting on that Grammy or going on that Oscar, mm. accepting an award and making that speech, and you know make being in a place where you could kind of openly check people, like when the Grammys did that the joke on the kids, like. It was kind of like discussed, but it wasn't real. Yeah, I mean, not not the Grammys, the Oscars. It was kind of discussed, but it wasn't really properly addressed Mm. uh, to the degree that it should have. So I feel like when we get to that stage, I feel like it is a real level of success when you actually have a voice to kind of just really openly check people. Do you think Asians are too soft? I feel like they need to come out harder from from the I don't think we're soft. (laughs) We are... are, um, we just have different uh, values. And like I said, because our, you know, like one of you guys said, um, because we do have like a shorter history in America, this isn't our land where we don't consider it as our homeland yet. Maybe in my generation or the generation after me might claim that, but our parents' generation, they still consider this as like a land that they are foreign to. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to claim it as like, because they don't feel that way, because they feel like they're still guests and having Trump in the uh, White House doesn't make it any better, um, <laughs> you know, they are not going to go out of their way to try to fight for something or claim something. Mm, that's true. This is awesome. Hold on, what, one last point I forgot. I want to put it earlier in the podcast, but I thought it was really cool that you guys went over the fact that there's no, like, real asian like archetype in america like you don't see like a strong asian character i think i've talked about it before in the past uh david cho david cho coined this phrase called fear the yellow man and it's still today where you don't have like basically you just get like a personality of a weak asian guy in every movie even the kung fu guy is usually silent you know what i mean you never see an asian guy like having a sex scene with anybody else other than an asian girl you know and it's really fucking weird and i think that people are, are starting to wake up and i think that this documentary is gonna Highlight that and, and bring it even further to the forefront. So, th- so you thank need you need more for, booties uh, for with that. condiments. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> mustard and ketchup, sure. y'all. We need variety. Some, some relish on that next yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> some chopped onions. What, what some sauerkraut in that booty crack. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying? Just to, just to sort of cap it off. 
Is that like if if there was a time, you know, for this visibility, this is it. Like yeah, one of the greatest things about being able to control your own image is, you know, at this time you can you can experiment with different things. You know, you can do, you know, you can do like, you know, Little Yachty, for example, has these weird music videos that I respect because they're so weird and experimental, right? Right? And so like, I feel like this is, we're, we're at a time where we can we can experiment with weird shit and like, if this doesn't work, maybe this works, you know? Yeah. And before it was like, okay, we got to get the marketing just right. We only have one try to do this. Mm. And the fear is that one try is, is going to cost a lot of money and it's not going to work. Now there's, now there's more than one try. Love so it. I think that this is the perfect time for it. Man, we could go, we could go all day. This is Forever. awesome. Yeah. Where, where can we find y'all on social media and, um, Again, promote where folks can watch this wonderful film, Bad Rap. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> please, um, please follow Bad Rap. Uh, it's Bad Rap Film, B A D R A P Film. Uh, it's the same throughout all social media platforms: YouTube, Instagram. We are most in- active on Instagram and Facebook. We're not as active on Twitter, but everything is Bad Rap Film. Even the website is badrapfilm.com. We have a bunch of merchandise that is available. Uh, it helps us a lot. So if you guys could definitely spread the word. And last but not least, the film is available on iTunes on May 23rd. The pre-order link is up right now. Um, yeah, so please enjoy it. And individually, Salima, uh, you want to shout out your uh, social media uh, handle? Twitter, Instagram, uh, Lima Cake, L-I-M-A Cake. Uh, everywhere. So find me. Yeah, uh, and mine is just real straight, simple. Is just my government name, J A E K I C H O, Jakey Cho, uh, for social media all over the place Twitter, Instagram. This has been fucking fabulous, man. For real. We love Thanks, it. Thanks, guys, for having us. This was really fun, guys. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. And when y'all in the SF Bay, y'all got to come through to the studio and something. <laughs> yeah, something. yeah, take or... you guys to the playground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> playground. We would love to. Thanks, guys. That's right actually a bar and restaurant. Yeah, 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 it's a karaoke bar. It's a karaoke bar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought that, that's what I call my grinder profile. Oh. <laughs> but thank y'all. We that's love awesome. it. <laughs> Have fun, fam. Have a good night, guys. Thank you, guys. Yet many questions remain unanswered.